0: Welcome into the Creed of Crypto podcast, where we provide immersive, essential, and evergreen strategies for the novice cryptocurrency investor. How you doing? I am one half of your host, Broke Boy Crypto. I have here with me, as always, Crypto Ewok. We have a lot to get into tonight. Big, big week in the financial markets and crypto markets as well. We had the latest CPI reading. We had FOMC today. Um, SBF is going to jail a whole lot more as the crypto circus continues so uh ewok how you taking in all the news this week and how you
1: doing lots to uh lots to take in man it's uh it's been good though when you hold your own keys in your own wallet uh or your your coins in your own wallet it things go a little smoother for you so yeah that is correct that is correct yeah it's really just
0: about kind of uh standing pat and keeping what you've already got here in this bear market which is kind of a theme i want to touch on a little bit later but um yeah i am broke boy crypto you can find me on youtube and twitter at broke b-o-i crypto uh youtube channel is focused on minimalism crypto both those things kind of meshing them together check out some videos you'll kind of get it
1: ewok let everybody know where they can find you i am crypto ewok on twitter crypto ewok on youtube um yeah, I'm mostly Richard Hart product focused, but, uh, you know,
0: that's where I'm at. But been in crypto for years. He is our resident crypto veteran here. So checking in on the price of Bitcoin as we start the podcast, we are just over, no excuse me, just under 18K now, as we did rally above it earlier today. Bitcoin sits at 17,792 and ETH is at 1304 at the moment. So. Um, As I mentioned, we got a lot to get into, a big week in the macro picture as far as things go. Um, If you are here and in the chat, feel free to go ahead and ask questions as we go along in the show, provide any kind of discussion topics you would like, and we will do our best to get to it. But uh, yeah, so I guess we should start off, Ewok, um, with where we're at in the market. We're probably going to get to the SBF stuff and some of this disastrous... um, hearing that's going on in congress right now there's been some interesting clips that have emerged the last couple of days including a person who uh, wants to rename crypto um as well as (laughs) some more educated statements and everything in between so we will get to that um i know you and i don't really care as much that sbf is in jail as some people that are obsessing over his every move but we will get there i'm frankly sick of hearing about it but Let's start with where the markets are. So um, again, we already talked about where the prices are, but we're there partially because of some volatility this week with the latest CPI rating rating to see where inflation is, as well as the Fed meeting today, where we did get a 50-point rate hike, uh, which pretty much everybody was expecting. But... As you can see in the thumbnail, it's not all roses. I think a lot of people thought that that would just be bullish news. I did too, kind of, but there's more details to look into here. So first off, Ewok, um, inflation came in. I think it's just the regular core inflation came in at 7.1%, which was a little bit lower Um, than what the market was pricing in, which really just gave us kind of bullish action. But that, you know, let's zoom out. Uh, Why are people really celebrating this? I guess so short term, this is still terrible. We're still, you know, way up there in terms of inflation, but it is slowly but surely supposedly coming down. That's the figure that we are seeing anyway. So what do you make of how the Fed has done so far with inflation and this downward trajectory and kind of how the markets have reacted to it since it came out yesterday?
1: Well, I think you were the one that told me that they're still denying that we're in a recession. Um, yeah. And, you know, they're the numbers that they give you are clearly inaccurate compared to when you look around and see the prices of everything on the shelves, prices of fuel, you know, everywhere you look, the, f- the food is higher. It just, it's everything. So right. I think that number of 7.1 is being extremely generous. Um, now, that is more interest rates, uh, as far as the housing market, that's going to, you know, obviously tank as well. Mm -hmm. You know, what they're trying to do is, is even out, um, you know, and I don't know if many people know this or not, but they try and keep the rates balanced along with the unemployment ratio. Um, that's how it kind of works. So as the rates go up, uh, usually the unemployment also kind of balances out. So, until we hit that level, um, I don't see it getting better, you know, anytime soon. And as you had said, they even said pretty much, we're going to go a little bit longer on these rate hikes um, Mm -hmm. until they can get to that point. So that's, that's what we're kind of the, (laughs) the ultimate goal is to get unemployment rates back up there to kind of get this back under control. So Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The inflation number was definitely positive news as far as, again, what the market was pricing in. And we did see Bitcoin and the rest of the market rally pretty well yesterday after the news. And then, um, as you just alluded to, Ewok, with the Fed meeting actually today, uh, there was even more rallying in the market as well. I mean, leading up, we actually went through very briefly anyway, somewhat of a resistance point. I think it was like 182 for BTC and smashed up through there But it literally like as soon as The news came out the market began to tank A little bit after that and now we're down below 18k for BTC yet again So yeah kind of just Delving in a little bit into what This 50 point rate hike really means And what some of the sentiment was From Jerome Powell, again, yeah So, in case you're new To this whole game, so the course Of 2022, every single Fed FOMC session, there has been A 75-point rate hike This year Um, At least, I want to say the last two Maybe even three Of these meetings, the market has Largely priced in the 75 And this time, they've largely priced in 50. Um, We got some Dovish kind of comments From uh Drum Powell the last time around. So a lot of people thought that we would get this 50-point rate hike. We did, but there is, if you actually look into the PDF and the data a little bit more, um, and, and he did float this before, it looks like the overall rate hike that they want to get to is now gonna be up over five, I guess you'd say five hundred, well now five basis points. Um So they're going to be doing possibly lesser rate hikes individually for longer. So Mm -hmm. uh, we're not out of the woods yet in terms of rate hikes. Um, I think we're likely to get one the next time around, which I believe is there is another one in January. So uh, this is going to be continuing for a longer period of time, which I think is why the market reacted pretty negatively uh afterwards, even though a lot of people are saying that the 50 was priced in. So it's not just the basis points, it's also the kind of future casting that the Fed and Powell are doing. Um and yeah, to your point earlier, Ewok, uh Powell did when directly asked at this point, I don't know how important it is whether they're they're showing they're saying the word recession, because we're all used to um, you know, different media entities and stuff like that not really being truthful anyway. I mean, right. clearly. But um He still danced around it when would not say anything. He would not use the word when directly asked. So um, what do you make of this? I don't want to say just the rate hike, but just kind of the overall picture the Fed provided us with today. I know you don't really care about it long term and long term, neither do I. I don't think anybody really should. But as far as short term to midterm, like where we could see prices in the markets go for the next six or so months, I think there's gonna be an impact. So, what do you make of all this with I don't want to say a hawkish Fed, but still saying we are not out of the woods
1: yet? Well, we're not out of the woods yet, and crypto is no different. Uh hmm. I, I, I think we're gonna chop around here, like I said, until we see another big event that brings us down to a bottom. Um, as for a bull run starting, um, it doesn't you know look too good for that either. So you know, until until we get those things in order, um, I, I don't see the prices trying to get back up. Now that doesn't mean a bottom can't come and happen um and slowly kind of work its way up, but we're not gonna see any major movements, I don't think, uh, for quite some time, at least until we get this stuff in order, until we see the levels of, of unemployment where it starts to, to balance out the uh the inflation. So that's yeah. where where I think.
0: And to kind of give everybody a little bit of a longer term view um this was actually a quote from Powell today So he was asked about the possibility of a rate cut in 2023 So for all of this pendulum to start swinging back the other way as we do head into the new year Which is a mere two and a half weeks away Um, he basically said just about verbatim. He said correct. There are no rate cuts in the scp for 2023 so, um I, it doesn't look like they're looking to cut anything by then, or it's certainly not scheduled yet. But I mean, again, we're not even out of the woods with knowing when they're going to stop raising them and just return right. to normalcy. We've got five more percentage points, according to them to drop in terms of inflation. So I think we're pretty much standing pat. I mean, yeah, it's a nice first step that we're no longer at the 75 point rate hikes. Uh, you know, now, I mean, there they, maybe there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but yeah, it, we are still going to be seeing this. So everybody that I think over the last week or two and after a lot of the most horrific FTX news was kind of floating away. And, you know, I think a lot of people, and we're going to transition into this in a moment, but with the SBF arrest, you know, thought that maybe, okay, this story's put to bed now it's, it's over. It's time to go up again or something like that. And that that's clearly just way too quick of a reaction for that. I'm not saying, you know, neither of us, Ewok or I know definitively if the bottom is in or if we're going to get another one. You and I both think it we are going to see new lows again. But um, I think there's been this weird sentiment the last couple of weeks where people do. I mean, December has been mainly up. Like we haven't really seen a lot of red here in December. It's hard to get a worse month in terms of news in the crypto markets than we had in November with FTX going belly up. I mean, do you think there is a little bit too much false hope in in the market right now? Because yeah, a lot of people—I'm not saying they think the bear market is over—but a lot of people now think the worst of it could be over just because of how terrible November was. Uh,
1: I think a lot of people just haven't experienced the bear market yet. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just there's more to come. It, it, there hasn't been what we say max pain. Uh, I, I don't feel it, it, it's gotten to that point yet. You know there's a lot of sentiment in that direction but again this is if this is your first bear market um, it gets ugly pretty bad you know you hear everybody say bitcoin's dead you hear everybody that are you know on all the the media outlets saying how cryptocurrency is in trouble and uh you're starting to hear it now but not not quite like you will when when that point actually gets here right yeah we definitely are um yeah it just kind of depends on the
0: resources that you're looking at yeah you're definitely getting some people and maybe more of your like legacy finance and legacy media type people or like the Jim Cramer types of the world and everything calling you know saying it's dead and it's an embarrassment to be in crypto right now and it it certainly is when you're talking about like how the normies are reacting and everything but yeah it's um You know, we have to kind of default to you, I think, on this podcast, uh, Ewok, in terms of what, obviously, you can only speak about what previous bear markets have looked like, but what a true bottom does feel like. I mean, November was definitely a stab at it. I guess we can go ahead and transition out of this Fed stuff into the SBF, uh, heading to the clink, um, as well as this hearing that he was to attend, and much to the dismay of many, he's not there. Um, And we can kind of talk about what we've seen here over the last couple of days at this hearing, a lot of embarrassing moments, a couple of interesting moments. Um, I've just seen some clips here and there. I know you have as well. First off, though, let's back up to the news we got a couple of days ago. I think it was Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. um, We officially got the notification that in the Bahamas, SBF was detained. Um, He is going to prison what do you think of this? I think it came to a surprise of some people that just thought he would never even see uh, the inside of a cell. Now, we don't know what kind of treatment he's getting wherever he is. probably uh, lavish as, you know, compared to other inmates. But what do you make of uh, the arrest? And, um, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on it.
1: Well, I was kind of surprised when I heard that he was arrested. And then once it happened, I realized that he was scheduled to testify. Um, with, I'm not even sure who it was, maybe Congress. Um, yeah. he was going to have testimonies that he was going to give. And I, the, the minute I heard that he had gotten arrested, I'm like, Oh, they're trying to keep this kid quiet. Cause he's probably gonna, you know, talk about Gensler and talk about all the other people that were involved heavily, right. uh, with a lot of the conversations that were being had in the, in the back rooms. Uh, so it, it kind of all made sense at that point. Um, I'm not surprised now, uh, you know, after I sat back and look at, looked at it, I, you know, I, I think, I think it's good. I, I mean, I, I really think it's good that he's been detained and getting arrested. You know, it, it definitely shows that there are people looking out for, you know, the regular investors that lost a lot of money. So mm. it's a good thing. I think it's. I think it's bullish in the sense of that. Um, as far as some sort of regulatory things need to happen with the exchanges, so that you know they have more transparency on what's going on, and you can't run a forty billion dollar company with QuickBooks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was you know brought out, and that's how they did their account. They didn't have an accountant; they were using QuickBooks to use all their you know, to, to figure out their finances that, right. that baffles me. So yeah, no, I think it's a good thing that I think it's a good thing that he's in jail. I think it's a bad thing that he didn't get to uh, talk about some more things, you know, who knows? He might've beat around the bush and not really said anything like he had done in previous interviews as well. So it's hard to say what would have come out, but I, I would definitely like to see Gensler take some heat for this because, You know, he definitely deserves it. They overlooked a lot of things uh, to let this this whole thing play out. And I think there was more to it. Unfortunately, the bear market, or fortunately, maybe fortunately, that it happened now rather than later when there was 60 or 70 billion involved. And you're probably being
0: charitable just saying that he overlooked it. I mean, it's probably something a little bit more uh sinister than that, even I think. But um yeah, yes, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and it would be nice to see um, you know, some of that come to fruition and really find out all of the inner workings. We certainly never will with everything no. dirty that had gone on with the uh FTX um, you know, drug sex uh party and everything that's gone on there. But uh yeah, um what do you make of some of the highlights that you have seen the last couple of days from this hearing with Congress? Because we, we, we've we seen a lot go on, obviously not actually hearing SBF speak there. Um, what do you make of, of some of the things you've seen? Because we've definitely seen some really, as usual, I mean, anytime you have like these large government entities starting to talk about crypto or um, decentralized finance, I mean, they they don't. They clearly don't understand it very much. We've already seen it from Elizabeth Warren, obviously in the past, who has no earthly idea. And and really, like, I'm not, in no way, am I forgiving these people. But I mean, a lot of them are elderly. That's just kind of the decision that we have made uh, for some reason <laughs> with, or they have made with a lot of these people. Um, but they they have no interest. They want to protect their own pockets, obviously. And sure. Um, you know, th- it doesn't really benefit them that much to understand it. So what do you make from some of the scenes you've seen? Uh, and I really should find out like who some of these people are. I mean, I generally genuinely usually don't care, but like the guy um, that wants to rename crypto, I need to find out uh, who that guy is. But anyway, yeah. what, do you, well, what do you make some of what you've seen? Uh, I,
1: like you had mentioned uh, Elizabeth Warren trying to push this one bill through um, to I think it has something to do with um, not allowing people to custody or or KYC when you self-custody your own wallets, which is crazy to me. You have now right. CZ coming out and saying, you know, 99% of coins are lost when people try to self-custody. Um, you just have all this weird stuff. Kevin O'Leary is still sticking up oh for my. SBF. Um, yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to, you know, there. he's, yeah. he's in as just as deep. I, I, you know, they, they paid him $15 million. They're trying to, or he's definitely getting his money's worth out of that one. So, yeah, um, you, you know, there's been a couple, there's been a couple good people, this Tom Emmer, um, you know, you and I spoke about this earlier, you mm-hmm. know, he is making some good points, but I showed you then before that he was one of the seven or eight um, representatives to take money, um, from his, uh, from SBF's campaign or contribution, campaign contribution, whatever it was. Right. One of the seven or eight Congress members right? or Congress. Yeah. yeah not represent yeah. either way, whatever they are, uh, right. in whatever position, um, you know, so I think what happened with mm-hmm. him is he probably got caught, um, and had to change his tune, um, and now he's back on the right side, probably to save face and uh, not go down with the the rest of the bunch that could possibly go go down. Just like Marty says here, there's just so many corrupt elite uh, people that are involved with this, and you know the education that they need to have before having these these um, hearings is uh, pretty in depth. You know they just really don't know what they're talking about, unfortunately. So. Right, uh, c- kind of wish Richard Hart could go in and school them a little bit before they would uh, go God. In, go into their hearings and, and explain. Just you know, the, the, anybody that has some basics. Now, I don't want uh, a Bitcoin Maxi going in there and saying Bitcoin's the only thing that matters either, because that's not right. right. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to give a general perspective of the overall uh, situation of crypto and what it means to custody your own coins and what it means to put your stuff on an exchange and. And give up the you know right to hold your own your own coins so yeah it's just been a mess and you know the good thing is when these guys try to push laws through um, often they don't succeed the first time hopefully there's enough people on the other side of the aisle that uh, uh, can amend things and, and get them headed in the right direction so that's my that's my hope anyway Yeah. um, Yeah. So
0: Ewok, you're referring to the eight congressmen who, uh, so basically the eight of them tried to stop the SEC's inquiry into FTX back in March. Five out of the eight received donations directly from SBF and FTX. Um, We don't know which of those five it was, but the majority of this group did. That would be Tom Emmer, who... Again, as we talked about, seems to be changing his tune a little bit now. And, and frankly, I will say he, d- he doesn't sound like somebody who just started to understand crypto. He did sound like he knows what he's talking about a bit. It does but, definitely uh, Warren Davidson. I don't know where these people are from. Byron uh, Donalds, Ted Budd. I think he's North Carolina because he just ran for something there. Uh, Darren Soto, Jake. Austin Kloss, Josh Gottheimer and Richie Torres pretty much split between Republicans and Democrats. So, um, you know, a lot of times the elites are working together as we have found over the years, but yeah, so read into that what you will, but those are the eight that did try to stop the investigation into FTX. Um, are there any highlights that you've seen also? I mean, again, there's been so many clips kind of floating around. You mentioned Kevin O'Leary a minute ago. Um, he is becoming I don't even know what to call him at this point but like the cringe level that I get whenever I hear him speak is now SBF level I mean it's just yeah um I, I don't even know what to say about the guy and like it, sometimes I feel like, like when there are people that are like objectively more successful in life than I am I just kind of defer, you know I think like okay who am I to criticize these people? But. This guy, uh, I I just don't understand at this point. I mean, he clearly um, was in bed, not literally, I don't think, with SPF and and this crew. Um, Maybe
1: maybe Caroline.
0: Maybe Caroline. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) yeah, don't go spreading rumors around. But um, yeah, I I don't know. This guy just continues. So what you just said a minute ago, he literally, uh, I guess it was today or yesterday, but while speaking at this hearing, uh, in no uncertain terms, and I wish I could just play the audio, but it wouldn't be very good quality on here. Um, just said that he 100% believes and that everybody needs to understand that the FTX situation was a total takedown by CZ and yeah. Binance uh, yep. to take down FTX. I don't um, buy that for a second. Not at all. Now, you can I, well, g- yeah, give me your analysis of his framing of that, how he's even getting there. I mean, he's clearly getting there trying to like cover his own ass, but um, wh- what do you make of this?
1: Well, I think there's more to that backstory as well. So, I don't know if you know it or not. Kevin O'Leary has his own Canadian exchange, mm-hmm. um, who was partnering with FTX as well. So, they were doing some side deals, whatever they had going on in the background. Um, when CZ came out. And, and basically this whole thing started, um, I think he said he was going to sell his FTT tokens that he had. He didn't, you, you know, right? he was going to liquidate them. And when he said that, um, that's when the fear of God got put into those guys because they knew they probably didn't have the backing for it. Um, and so that's what started the bank run. Um mm-hmm. You know, he talked about buying the exchange. He said he looked over the books and then he changed his mind, which added more, more fuel to the fire. But mm-hmm. I don't think it was CZ's fault. Um, I think he it would have happened it, anyway. Well, yeah, it would have happened anyway, sooner or later. I think he just kind of made people aware of what was going on. I don't mm-hmm. know that he took them down. Um, now, to Kevin O'Leary's point, he is the only, well, not the only, you know, Coinbase is still there, Kraken's still there um Gemini is still there uh but Binance is a major major player so when he did say they're one of the only and, and basically have a monopoly eh, it's not quite accurate but I'm sure CZ's business will pick up because of it um, right. and then you see the bank run on Binance today you know they mm-hmm. they had like three billion dollar net withdrawals you know I think they had uh uh, would they have eight billion come out, five billion went in? Um, so yeah, a total of a net three billion dollar bank run that they had to stop withdrawals on this morning until the banks in New York opened, uh, right. or that was the excuse that they gave. Um, and then at that point, they did open the withdrawals back up. So I mean, it looks like that that was, you know, possibly true, mm-hmm. uh, but but still, you know. <sighs> I don't think that CZ really had anything to do with their downfall. I think they had everything to do with their own downfall. You know, they were clearly responsible for, you know, commingling funds and having deposits go straight to Alameda instead of FTX. And, you know, again, we've talked about this before. It was all derivatives. So there was no real coins. It was all spot. I mean, or not spot, but, you know, they were derivative trading. So it wasn't even real to begin with. Right, um, so yeah, that's where we stand, and you know, it's there's a long way to go. There's a lot more to come out. We'll, we'll see how how it plays out, and I'm sure there'll be clips for days. Uh, I don't know how long this is going to last, uh, as far as hearing wise, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure it'll it'll get more interesting before it's over.
0: Yeah, from some of the um maybe more sensible people in the room. I mean, you never really know everything that's going on behind closed doors, but. <laughs> Talking earlier about man, I keep forgetting these people's names. Yeah, Tom Ever. Um, he did have and again, we we mentioned it a moment ago. It does seem that he actually understands uh decentralized finance, crypto. I mean, it seems like he actually does, but um, when speaking, I guess it was from today to uh what's the guy's name that um is the CEO that's representing FTX? Is it Ray? What is Ray- his last
1: name? Ray something. I forget what his last name is. I can probably yeah, find it-
0: I think his last name is Ray. Um, I'm trying to read it there, but I can't. But anyway, um, Tom Ever basically, you know, summed up and stated what everybody does need to know that is looking at this situation from afar and something that we obviously have known this situation is all along. And that's that this has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. This has to do with people that, um, you know, created an entity that was obviously corrupt for their own gain, you know, to... Take other people's assets. You know, it's a, it's a story this is old as time. I mean, this is something that has happened in legacy finance year in and year out for decades on end. You know, so um, and that's what Tom Emmer was really summing up. It just really doesn't have to do with crypto or decentralization. This was not decentralization, obviously. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, yeah.
1: And there was another one too uh i think cynthia yeah cynthia Loomis. yeah Uh, she's she's always been great uh in terms of crypto yeah yeah you know she made a comment to say guys remember it's not cryptocurrency uh that is under fire here it is the corruptness of the centralized uh entities so Mm -hmm. that was nice to hear refreshing it's it's good to hear some people with some common sense that kind of know what's going on um to to pivot back when things may get out, out of line so
0: yes it is always refreshing to hear that especially from government entities like this just because it's so rare that any of them do actually understand it and it's just really important you know these are definitely wins i mean like when you um start to see more and more folks in government actually expressing that they understand what the purpose of crypto is and talking about it as clearly as tom emmer and uh cynthia loomis did today yeah i mean it's definitely yeah. a positive sign
1: so um, and i want to touch on marty's comment here it says more corruption coming out could mean more crypto crash your thoughts um yeah we think there's more coming um I, I don't know what the final catalyst will be for the you know the the next crash the next leg down um i i think it could have something to do with grayscale uh <laughs> to be to be honest uh um, yeah yeah you know they they hit a 50% discount today. Uh the highest discount they've ever had on their GBTC coin or, or uh, GBTC, it's a trust. Um, it's not yeah. a coin. So, you know, 50% off that means your eighteen thousand Bitcoin cost nine thousand dollars, uh, essentially, mm-hmm. um, at a 50% discount. So I think that had something to do. They wanted to tie it into um um some sort of trading fund I, my but andrew who's in the chat here yeah. um sent me a article and i didn't see it until you know just a little bit ago uh but it said it had something to do uh with not getting permission to uh market it with the etfs so oh, they okay. they denied that request um which kind of led to that discount. So, you know, it's one of the things Richard Hart says too, is is we will not see a bottom until we get rid of this GBTC discount. Uh, But if, you know, if everything goes sideways for for Genesis, um, and these digital um, digital currency group needs to liquidate some of that fund or all of it, you know, that could be the potential last leg down. So that would be big yeah yeah, that would be huge that would be huge. it would be
0: big and it would be in line with a lot of the other catalysts um that we've seen the last few months and the catalysts that we'll probably see in every bear market for crypto um onward and that's you know the more legacy style finance that's coming into crypto um failing you know and, and being something that people react to just to sum up real quick on that cynthia loomis comment earlier i was just looking at it here she's Said digital assets are not on trial, fraud and organizations are on trial. So okay. and yeah, I mean, so that that's essentially summing up the same thing we said. But um, to your point, walk, I definitely could see the grayscale thing being a catalyst. What we were talking about off-air before we came on was that the people that are investing in that anyway aren't really the type of people, you know, that's like a legacy, you know, trust, a legacy fund. That people that want to have exposure to crypto and you know kind of pretend that they're owning Bitcoin, right? Um, w- would buy. There's an expense ratio to it that goes to some kind of a fund manager. It's just like if you you know investing in a mutual fund um, and basically like a bastardized version of owning crypto. It's not really a holding any crypto, but. Yeah. Um, it would be certainly interesting because the type of people that would be investing in that right now aren't really the type of people that would actually be buying Bitcoin right now. I mean, they're the type of people that are lazily kind of, maybe I should say passively investing, um, thinking they're really getting exposure to crypto. And, um, man, yeah, it would it would make a lot of sense for some kind of news to develop with that. It just... Uh, because correct me if i'm wrong but the grayscale price and the discount or where it actually is is usually a harbinger harbinger of things to come for bitcoin correct i mean it's usually um
1: yeah yeah uh (laughs) yeah and and at a 50 percent like you said that's nine thousand dollars uh which you know if we do if if this happens we could easily get there um yeah you know yeah yeah people have been calling for that anyway 10 10k and pray (laughs) <laughs> right. So yeah.
0: Well. If something like that were to happen, it would it would definitely be big. So um yeah, we shall see. I mean, we've been talking about what could be the last huge catalyst to to get us to that leg down. Again, I think this last couple of weeks of December, maybe it's the Christmas spirit. I don't know what it is, but a lot of people um have seemed to, and I think it is maybe a, a not quite an end, but a start to the end of the FTX saga. Uh, people seem to think that the the worst is behind us, but I'm still not quite there, much like you. I mean, I, I do think there's reasons to be positive. And actually, that's gonna allow me to transition into something I wanted to bring up that I'm glad I just remembered. Um, so, I don't know if you're familiar with him. I know there's a lot of Twitter people that you and I both follow on crypto Twitter. Uh, and one of them that I do, who is a trader, who I definitely value his opinion. I, I listen to a lot of the guys that, well, there only are like three of them, but that are on the, uh, weekly open podcast. I referenced, uh, cred a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Alt is another one that I like on there. Um, he's kind of a trader, but, uh, you know, not, not necessarily like a day trader. I don't know. I like a swing trader, I guess, but he has been, um, I've listened to them for quite some time and I, I, I've. Kind of value their opinion, but I, I was reading a couple of tweets from him today, and he's kind of I don't want to say been like floating out this bullish sentiment lately. Um, because anybody that looks at the chart and trends and things like that can see that we still should be like extremely cautious right now. But in terms of like long term DCAs, which we've talked about, you know, the last few weeks on here, you're not necessarily doing something stupid, I don't think, if you're getting into the market right now or dollar cost averaging but he had a couple of tweets today that i just wanted to read on air kind of get your read on ewok um the first one he said is as long as the stock market doesn't go to zero and as long as crypto doesn't get banned in america i can't think of another catalyst to take this significantly below 15k uh you make up your reasons for uh sub 12k i'll just happily buy whatever you sell i mean that the line that he said about, I can't think of another catalyst to take this significantly below 15K. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of them. Well, define significant, I guess, is the thing. I mean, because if the bottom is 12K, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess that's significantly below 15K, but to me, it's kind of, I, I'm probably a buyer at either one of those prices. But uh, obviously, you disagree with him there. But um, well, know, what are your thoughts on that? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, there's a couple of different events that could happen. You know, you've got Mal- Malcox coins that could come out. You have Silk Road coins that could come out. You've got um, uh, – that's the Silk Road hacker, um, Hmm. Ross Ulbricht's coins that were his from the Silk Road that the government That's crazy.
0: That's crazy that, yeah, that they're still out there, yeah. They're still
1: out there, and the government has them. Um, Yeah. You know, they took them basically and said, well, here's your restitution. Yeah. this is ours now a lot more money now yeah (laughs) so i mean that could that could hit the market there's a lot of things that could trigger this so i don't know what he's talking about there's no significant event uh that could happen you've got the gbtc um who yes andrew they own like five percent of the total bitcoin they own six hundred and eighty-five thousand bitcoin um in their in their custody so yes i mean that could If they had to liquidate um, to to make, you know, DCG solvent again or whatever it is, I I see several. I see several events that could take us down there. So, I I mean, yeah, getting to that level, there are going to be people back in the truck up to buy it at those prices, which, you know, and, and like you said, yeah, it's not a bad idea to dip your toes in if you're not exposed to crypto at all. Uh, but I wouldn't wouldn't go all in uh, right. by any means. You know, no financial advice, but that's I, I wouldn't personally. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't either, and I didn't. So
0: yeah, I I do agree with you. And yeah, it, it, I guess in his defense, he said I can't think of another catalyst to take this significantly below fifteen k. I mean, I guess the word significantly is all subjective to to you. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I can see I can identify what the catalysts might be. I guess it's just that where does that make the price go? I guess that's kind of what he's talking about. Um,
1: yeah, which you know, long term well, what's nine thousand uh off of fifteen. That's a sixty percent that's drop. big. Well, that's big. Yeah. So that's pretty significant in my book. I, I don't know about him, what he calls significant, but I don't yeah. think he thinks it would go there. I think that's kind of what he's mm. saying there. But yeah,
0: and I'll be frank, I don't think it I don't think it's gonna go below ten. I, I hope it doesn't go below ten, but uh Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. And he followed it up with, uh, and and I am curious what you think about this, because this is something I've been hearing a lot lately, not just from him, um, but in regards to the SBF and the FTX stuff. Am I the only one, he says, am I the only one that feels that the only reason we actually even went significantly sub-20K, I know you disagree with this, Ewok, is because Sam dumped our BTC on us and then proceeded to blow up one of the biggest exchanges in the space. I'm assuming everything sub-20K is a Sam discount that won't last forever. I I,
1: I uh, know you disagree with that. Um, yeah, I, I don't hear. think so because, again, it's all derivatives, right? There was no Bitcoin hit the market. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just people's funds that, that lost. Uh, there was no sale. So I don't know right. how that had anything to do the, you know, there was no market sell on Bitcoin. There weren't people dumping Bitcoin because it wasn't real Bitcoin. Uh, so it really never hit the market. It was just people that put all their money in ended up with no money. Um, right. Yeah. That's, that's essentially what happened. So on a, you know, on a derivatives platform like that, there are no coins, um, to really hit the market unless they were buying in the background to kind of cover, but I don't, think they were or i don't have any proof of that and i shouldn't you know i shouldn't say they weren't but yeah um, i I guess it's possible if they had enough exposure to bitcoin that they did buy a little to kind of cover uh themselves in the background but uh, again uh, who knows
0: yeah um i I am with you i think we probably still would have been below 20k either way i mean yeah it is i think it's just that it's such a significant event to see an entire exchange go up like that Um, that people would connect those dots. But uh, I I thought it was interesting to read a couple. Again, I'm not really saying bullish, but just kind of not so. um, I, I mean, it's all on the charts. I mean, it's not a matter of like whether I feel negative or positive or whether anybody else feels negative or positive. It's about, you know, macro things, looking at technical analysis I think it's interesting to to hear this point of view. Cause frankly, I'm not hearing it from many people that I would say I respect as much as him. So I was just intrigued by it. You know, I, I'm intrigued to hear somebody's opinion like that because it is different. And I True. think it's important to kind of surround yourself with like all different amounts of opinions on this, taking it into account, but I am still with you. I think that we, I think of somewhere between where Donald's coming here, from here and where you are basically. So, um, I like to be the middleman, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah that's that's kind of where i am on that but um did you have any other thoughts with this Binance scenario because a lot of people were like really spreading i think we talked about this a little bit today i don't think people understand like what the significance would be i, I guess maybe it's just like the shock of ftx going down in november and people starting to think that it's just this normal for an exchange to just go under like this now Binance is not ftx Binance makes smarter financial decisions cz you know has Pretty proven track record of being certainly um, a better manager of his businesses and funds than Sam Bankman-Fried. Of course, he's been through multiple cycles at this point. Uh, was very wise during the last bull market compared to a lot of the other exchanges and people with um, you know aspirations of growing their businesses more in crypto. So, I mean, do you, I don't think people really understood like Binance just going up in flames overnight like an FTX number one, wouldn't be that likely to to happen. And number two would be very, very bad.
1: You know, it's not just like
0: an exchange just goes out of business every month, you know? Right.
1: I think they have way more capital. Um, Don't forget, you know, they own CoinMarketCap. CZ owns a lot of other Mm -hmm. things as well. Um, And now that I think about it, they really haven't been around that long. Um, They didn't come in to binance was during the the bull run of 2017 um i remember they is is when that's when they kind of came to be because i remember signing up with a a binance account um yeah because you could get it in the us at that time right i think it was you could until they had to switch it to to be a binance us only Hmm. you had to move all your coins over to the us platform uh at, at one point and um but yeah, so I mean, it hasn't been that long. I guess it has been almost five years, but still, um, it's not like they've been around as long as Coinbase by by any means. Probably right. Um, you know, a few years before after that. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, you're, you're you're right. It would be catastrophic for them to go down as well. I just think I think it's much better managed. Um, they have much more capital on hand um, to handle this. And even CZ himself said. Uh, bank runs are good every once in a while. It's to test the strength of of you know what we have here, um, and and see you know as long as the assets can cover it, which they have so far. They only had a minor shutdown, and like I said, that was because they had to get more liquidity uh, mm-hmm. from from their New York banks. So, but I think it's yeah. a good thing. People need to get their shit off of exchanges anyway. We've been saying that for how long? Um, and I can't believe that there's still three billion dollars sitting out there after what just happened like people don't learn and they're not learning and i I don't understand it it just does it doesn't i'll never understand it um Uh, i won't either i get it if you're a day trader if you need you know moving stuff in and out does take time um you're gonna miss things uh for those type of people they're degens anyway um that just trade 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 they're going to probably yeah. end up losing their money anyway. So I don't feel sorry for them. But right. uh, for the normal <clears throat> folks, you know, if you still have coins on exchanges, man, it is your own fault. If something happens, I Absolutely. I feel no, everybody's been screaming it for the past month now. Um, and, and if you still haven't learned, then it's your own damn fault.
0: Absolutely. I want to go back to what you said about day traders there, because yeah, that's something I've been thinking more and more about recently. And I know, although it's, Minuscule. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say I know. It's not like I see their balance sheets or anything or their uh, P&Ls or anything like that. But it does seem to be that there are, you know, there's a lot of volatility in crypto. So it would stand a reason that, you know, you, you could maybe make some gains day trading in a market like this just because there is so much volatility compared to legacy markets. But I mean, do you just inherently feel you know, and, and we can call them DGENs just because they are they they want more action and stuff like that, but literally more on a, let's say you actually understand the concepts of day trading and you've been successful at it for a long time. I, I still kind of agree with the premise that you're kind of saying right there too, Ewok, of like, yeah, but you still have to be tied to an exchange. I yeah. mean, like you, you can have that skill or whatever, but like to make a decent living or to have a better profit loss... You, I'd imagine a good portion of your overall stack that you wouldn't want to lose is on an exchange for a, a good period of time. That's like you're always trading balance. Now, maybe you spread it out, you know, amongst a few different exchanges or something like that. But to me, uh, you and I actually value crypto. And I think most of the people be watching or listening to this value crypto and have no interest in that. Or they I'll just say it the easier way. They do have interest in custodying their own coins day traders I don't think really give as much of a shit about like crypto or all those principles or anything like that. It's, it's just about trading to make profit. But right. right. You know, to me it's, it's, um, you know, kind of a catch 22 because you shouldn't be leaving anything on an exchange just to do that either. Like I'm, an, I'm fundamentally in disagreement with that. So, right. um, well, yeah. it's
1: really hard to do that and make money on a decentralized on a dex, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because of the bots, because of the, um the other thing you know there's fees involved but (laughs) there's also bots and and uh wash trading that happens on regular exchanges too so i guess if you break down the math it you know it could be pretty close to about the same you know profit loss ratio uh as far as trading on a dex is and a centralized exchange so who knows yeah
0: yeah, possibly. From what I understand, though, I mean, there, I don't think there's many people that are on DEXs actually doing day trading or not, not the ones that seem to reveal themselves anyway, um, in the crypto Twitter space. So um, enough of that in most of the macro talk, I think at this point, I mean, we're kind of in agreement with where we are seeing the market. I will say um, the last time we kind of tried to forecast uh, where we thought new lows, I mean, we were dead set on November. Um, I, I think we were pretty correct. Well, we were pretty correct as far as the year of 2022. So far, November has seen the lows. Um, and then we kind of shifted to possibly right around Christmas time or around here after the next rate hikes and everything. With it being the 50 basis points, um, I think there's enough kind of positive, even though it's not very positive things happening in the market right now to, to maybe keep us above that for the rest of the year. Um, and maybe shifting January to a part where we could see New lows potentially. Um, you know, I mean it's kind of a moving target. It is always a moving target. That's just kind of what we're doing. But we haven't seen anywhere near enough to feel positive that this market is in an uptrend or anything like that yet. So no, for sure. Yeah. So um for the last few minutes here, and it sucks that it's gonna be the last few minutes, but there's just a lot of news we wanted to get to today. But this is probably also common knowledge, you know, since we do talk so much about DeFi and Hex on this podcast, um, you know, both of you and I obviously are huge proponents of DeFi because that DeFi is basically synonymous with crypto. I mean, that's the entire yeah. point of it is uh, owning your own coins. Yeah. Um, but looking at utilities like a Hex, for example, or... Um, investing in crypto in any kind of a DeFi manner uh earning yield on it strictly through DeFi, staying off exchanges mm-hmm. um i said something earlier when we were talking about like goals of a bear market and what you're really hoping to achieve especially in like a dangerous time right now in crypto and it's really just you know you sent me a, a clip of uh trevon the other day sa- talking about like um if you're still here right now in the market and you, you've either already made it or you're definitely going to make it. Like if you've withstood this pressure so far Um, and it really is as much as it sucks to be down for this long for so many people and see your portfolio, you know, 50 to 90% down drawdown. um, Getting out of this by still having all of your coins is a success, you know, and that, that seems like a low bar. But we're seeing all of these landmines with all the crap that we've already talked about the rest of this podcast. Um, But if you've been doing things the right way, custing your own coins, earning yield on them, you know, in a decentralized way um, with something like Hex or using different Dex's on Phantom, which I talk a lot about as well and you still have all of your coins, you really haven't lost. And if you haven't sold and capitulated, you really haven't lost either. So talk a little bit about that. Like it it can suck so much to be so down on your portfolio, but if you still have the same coins, I know it's a cliche and it gets old, but it's like one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin. One ETH is still one ETH, whatever it may be. Um, Just talk about that. Like to still have faith that like, hey, if you still have X amount of hex or whatever it is, you still have your coins. The price just happens to be lower
1: right now. Yeah. Well, and that's the big thing. You know, until you sell, you haven't lost anything. Um, And if you feel like you bought too much at the top, well, it's a big discount. Buy more. (laughs) Lower Mm -hmm. your entry point. Um, Doing smart things like that, um, like Trevon said, if you're here, you've already made it or you're about to in the next bull run. Um, You know, people look at crypto and they think it's easy. Um, They see people buying Lambos, they see all these models on yachts, Um, you know, there's a lot of things, and they get into it, um, and really, frankly, have no idea what they're doing. Uh, They don't Mm -hmm. know the right habits, they don't know the the right things to do, uh, usually make bad choices, um, and there's plenty of those available, (laughs) bad decisions, bad platforms, bad exchanges. Um, You know, there's so many opportunities to make bad choices. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason we're still around um, doing what we're doing is because we do care and we do put a lot of time into this. It's not easy. It's not something that you just jump into and make a lot of money. Um, I don't think people understand the amount of time, even myself, that I put in just watching content. I listen to to YouTube videos and read um, articles and and hear uh, what other people are saying and you know, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just put some money in and hope it goes up and and, and hope for the best. That's not how it works. It's not easy. Um, and I don't want people to have that misconception of it. You know, there is a lot of work. There's a lot of emotional work also, not just reading mm-hmm. and, and research, but um, it's emotional. <laughs> a lot of times people, yeah. Uh, get very down on themselves to, to see a portfolio down that much. But again, if you haven't sold, you haven't lost. So hang in there um, and just know it, it does take work. It, it's not easy. Uh, but, you know, the longer you stick it out, the more things you learn, uh, the more opinions you get from people that are doing it the right way, the better off we're all going to be. Um, the space definitely needs that. Uh, it needs Good education. Uh, it needs yeah. to teach people the right way, um, and, and you know, forget about what Congress is doing right now. Until they pass laws, um, it's not affecting us yet. If it even gets through, don't worry about that stuff. Uh, continue to do the right things, even though they're 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 talking uh, very bearish on on self-custody and things like that well that's because they can't get their piece of the pie when that happens so keep that mm-hmm. in mind as well um you know we just again stay strong you've got to um you've got to do it the right way and it will pay off and you know trevon was totally right when he said that you either made it or you're about to so keep your head up yeah yeah and we are
0: that's the other message too is like if we're already down this far and we've seen all the disasters we did in november let's say we do even go to 10k eventually is that really going to shake you out at this point like if you've seen your portfolio drop now i will say if you're not holding just bitcoin you're going to hold some alts if bitcoin goes to 10k your alts are probably going to go down another 50 percent or so probably um quite possible more yeah um so get ready for that. So that's not said, that's not nothing. I mean, that's not saying nothing, but you, you know, at this point, if you're down that far, you might as well stick with it. And like you said, Iwaki, you have to have that dry powder on the side. Like we always preach, you know, be working on something else and have dry powder on the side because that's going to help your capitulation or, or I should say not capitulate so much. Like if you have that flexibility of other cash on the side, Instead, while you may not be like completely happy, you can still kind of be licking your chops to say like, oh, man, if I get that, you know, um, uh, one and a half cent hex or something like that, like I'm aping into it, you know, Um, just to be able to say that you did it and lower that cost basis so, so much. I mean, you're going to feel so much better if you have that big chunk of cash on the side to be able to take advantage of those prices. and. There is something to be said. Like people need to realize yeah, if you bought hex at 45 cents or something, or if you bought phantom at three dollars, or if you bought, you know, ETH at 4,000 or something like that, some of the ways, some of the DCAs that you can do at these prices right now, you will see how much it lowers. Your cost basis. Like you will see how much your entry point will be, or how much it will significantly lower it by getting in at these prices. So, yeah, yeah it, it is cliche, but I think it is good to realize what the coins are that you have. Make sure they're things that you are interested in being invested in long term. And you know, that's like five years or so in crypto and just be focusing on the coins you have. And yeah, if you can earn a safe DeFi yield in the meantime, do it. That's why something like Hex is something you and I are both such a proponent of, because you can do that even in these times right now. And it does definitely balance people out a bit to be able to see that interest in Hex being paid back to them. I don't know if you saw it the other day, Ewok, but obviously somebody that we both value, Crypto Coffee, um, made a he's one of the chief hex channels i would say i mean he's got about 25k subs or so um he made just a really good like 45 minute how to stake hex in 2023 video the other night which was a total return to basics i mean he clearly talks about way more advanced topics than that but i think it's really important to get back to basics even for veteran investors at all veteran investors in hex and newcomers as well it's i think it's good of him to make that video
1: yeah for sure and you know he i was gonna right before you mentioned his name i was gonna say something uh that that Mm -hmm. coffee had said one time and that was if you bought a thousand dollars at 48 cents um of hex and then you turn around and bought another thousand at three cents your average cost is down to nine cents Yeah, Uh, you know just that alone um, is crazy to me you know and so yeah it is yeah no it it doesn't it doesn't just cut it in half it cuts Mm -hmm. it severely uh, down so it's something to think about and you know be smart about it again you know we never offer financial advice but you know it, it is it is what it is and if you do the math you'll figure out that you know, you don't want to buy that high and hold, and then watch it go all the way. That's a long way to go back to to be in profit. So, if you yes. can lower, if you can lower that entry point, uh, things are much more enjoyable on the ride up. Not just waiting till it gets to that point. Because you not only that, because you can. I know this is like a swear word in uh,
0: hex terms, but you can also take profits on the way up as well. You know, for sure. Whatever, whatever it is, you're DCAing. And I mean, again, like Ewok said, not financial advice. But yeah, if you want to, like, as soon as you two x. You're, or as soon as you get double your profit or something like that, maybe just take out the principal while you're riding it back up or something. I mean, then at, then you can take advantage of dips on the way up and everything like that. So, yeah, well, you're so
1: right. Go yeah, ahead. if you buy in, if you buy a thousand dollars at three cents and it does get to six or even nine cents, um, you can pull your thousand dollars out on just the money that you bought already. You're still in profit um, and you still have house money that you're playing with at the same time. So. You know, right. it's a, it's definitely a, a strategy to get money back out. You know, then, you, you know, you could wait until, um, well, actually you would be in profit. If you got to nine cents, you've three X your money. Right. Uh, you could take your initial 2000 back out and still have another thousand of, 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 of that original to, to play with. So exactly. Not, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: And it's a lesson too. I mean, like for anybody that did get in, um, which is probably a lot of people because, you know, they there, the market was hot and it looked like it was still um, going to new all time highs, like rather significantly, even in the fall of last year, like just a little over a year ago. Now um, we were, you know, the market was still hot. A lot of people still had their eyes on that six figure BTC obviously yeah. none of that materialized really in actually December of last year, we really started to see the downturn almost a calendar year ago. Maybe it was actually a year at this point, but, um, yeah, like if you've held on to that stuff and been a bag holder for that long, and you have experienced all the negative emotions that have come with the year of 2022, um, with those prices, you now know what it feels like and you know that you never want to feel that again. Mm-hmm. um, So it becomes easier, I think, to buy at these prices waiting for it to go back up because it's so nice. I mean, like you can have the confidence for the most part now, depending on what you're buying or I I do anyway, and the certain things I'm buying that the prices I'm getting in at, I'm not going to see like these 80% losses at this point. You know, I mean, like most of it has already happened. So, um, yeah, there is
1: one thing I wanted to bring up, too. I know we talked about the staking hex and what T-shares were last week. Um, Mm. there was something that had been brought to my attention a couple times uh, that was a big, very big misconception, um, and that is where it says effective hex. Uh, Mm. When you do your stake and you um, put in the amount, a lot of people think that that effective hex is what you'll make, right? um, and it is not. Uh, What that means, effective hex is – Essentially, when you do a longer stake, if you do, um, we'll just say 10,000 hex, uh, and if you put it out for 15 years, um, it's going to tell you what your effective hex is. Basically, what that means is if you stake for one day, um, Mm -hmm. you are effectively, it's showing you what you would effectively take you to stake one day to get the same amount of T-shares for. Um, I know that's a big misconception. People look at it and said, but my effective hex said it was this and I didn't make anything close to that. Um, well, no, that's not what it means. (laughs) It's, it's, it's telling you how much a longer stake would effectively take to make the same on a shorter stake to get the same T shares. Um, so I didn't want to go over that and I, I completely forgot about it last week when we were talking about it, but yeah, you know, add that in there.
0: Funny enough, um, uh Crypto Coffee did actually bring that up in that video he was talking about the other
1: day. Yeah, it's not
0: necessarily a forecast of like the hex that you're actually going to get. No, it um, is not
1: at all. It has nothing right. to do with that.
0: Right. Um, But, you know, the fact remains, I mean, you can't. That's why we've pitched a lot of these sites out there. And I always forget them when we get to this point. But the uh different hex stake calculation sites that you can do to just kind of get an idea more of what you want to focus on is how many T-shares you're getting, not like right. the amount of right. HEX you'll definitely be getting. Just focus on the T-shares. That's really what it's all
1: about. Sure. Um, the amount of HEX that you get is so unpredictable too because you never yeah. know what the penalties are. Uh, you never know how much of uh, the total supply will be staked. Therefore, how much t- HEX per T-share you'll get per day, uh, that is on a kind of nice trajectory going up, and it has been since the beginning. know i think we started out at like four four or four and a half t-share or yeah hex per t-share um per day and now we're up to six point one six point two i think i haven't looked at it in a couple days but right um it's right around there so you know we're on a nice little trajectory to keep that going up and someone said by the year 20 2028 i think we would be at eight or nine hex per t-share um so the more the more t-shares you can lock in now uh the more that rate goes up and that's what we we said it's it's almost like getting a compounded interest uh because you're locking that rate in as the t-share rate goes up uh hex per t-share rate goes up daily over time as well so
0: right yeah definitely a um good time to be staked out in in terms of anything that you're holding that you're confident in right now for sure it does alleviate the pressure of these markets, but Ewok and I both believe that there are further lows to come. We shall see. Um, We've got two weeks left here in 2022. So they figure to be interesting ones. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot of developments when we are back here next Wednesday. That'll be the 21st, the last show before Christmas. Uh, And then the, the 28th, I guess, will then be the final show of the year. So maybe yep. we'll have a little party that night. That should be interesting. Uh, but um, we're going to wrap it up here. This has been the creative crypto. I am broke boy crypto. You can find me on YouTube and Twitter at broke b o i crypto. Ewok, um, do you have any closing thoughts at all, or uh, I think we pretty much covered everything here.
1: Yeah, we covered everything. I did one. I was going to talk about that Trevon video and, and kind of go into that little rant for my closing. Um segment, but no, we already did. We covered it. You brought it up and nicely, you know, we we covered what I wanted to say. Telepathy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you must have known what I was gonna talk about. So
0: well, hey, it was good, it was good encouragement for me, honestly, too. You know, it is good. Trevon is somebody that I respect too because he's you know, regardless of what anybody has to say about him, I really don't care about any negative opinions or anything. I I have always liked the guy, I think he's hilarious um and it i respect an opinion of a guy like him who has been around and you want to talk about landmine stepped in um you know for a guy that has been through as much as him in crypto caught as much crap as he has i really value like what he has to say about you know any words of encouragement from a guy like him i think are really they should be heated i guess is what i'm getting at so.
1: yeah well i mean he kind of brought some of that on himself he was a big promoter of BitConnect. Yeah um like many of us that were around then um yeah he just made a shit ton of money on referrals (laughs) Um, right so you know he probably got out with a a lot more money and uh than than most people that, that that were in it and i think that's why there was so much bitterness right um towards him you know he he served his his time he paid his fine he's still probably paying his fines uh from that because you know he did get involved with the sec and you know he's taken a a lot of lumps because of it so he hasn't had it easy but yes he's been around he he knows um he he does know a lot of what he's talking about some of the things he does are that degen mentality that we talk about uh sometimes but um yeah 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 he, he i mean you know, sentimentally, he he knows what he, he's talking about. He's been there and, and gone through a lot of the same stuff that uh, that many of us did during that time, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a fan. Well, yeah. hey, that will uh wrap up this week's episode of The Creative Crypto. Again, we'll catch you all next Wednesday, December the 21st, 8 p.m. We hear it every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So until then, we will see you. On the Creed of Crypto podcast.